podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ah, working from home. Still in your PJs at 10.57, doing twice as much work as you would in the office. All while chomping on a crispy bacon butter. You can't put a price on that. Talk Talk Superfast Fibre is just £21.95 a month, fixed for 24 months. Oh, working from home. Maybe you can put a price on it. And with average speeds of 67 megabits per second, it's the UK's best value Superfast Fibre. Search Talk Talk Fibre. Talk Talk for everyone. T's and C's apply subject to availability. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Tom Edwards. What a show we have for you over the next 60 minutes. We're obviously going to be looking at the Everton game on the weekend, 1-1 there, and the protest that took place just before the game, marking the 10-year anniversary of Sullivan and Gold owning the club. Those protests against the board, our very own Tom Edwards was at those, and he can tell us exactly what was going on then. Danny Gabadon will be joining us for his take on the season so far. Great to have Danny back on the show with us and what he's making as we head into this second half of the season period. Then we will look towards the Leicester and West Brom games. A big one as Bilic returns on the weekend with West Brom, who are flying high because top of the championship, but they're struggling of late. Maybe a great chance for West Ham to get into the fifth round. Then we will be ending with our mystery West Ham players quiz, the road quiz. Yes, Will is not in the studio tonight. I'm not sure, maybe because he lost last week. He's not here. Every time we get a good guest on, he's not here. Maybe there's something in that Jimmy Walker, that Danny Gabadon. You take from it what you want. I won't say anything on the matter, but you can have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, gentlemen, it's always good to be joined in the studio with you. It's how I enjoy it, my two days. Obviously, 1-1 with Everton on the weekend. Firstly, on the game, James, it was a pretty even game. West Ham had chances, Everton had chances. The disappointing thing, conceding three minutes after going 1-0 up. But what did you make of it? Uh, fair result. I think both sides were, were so poor going forward. Uh, yeah... When the when the, when our starting lineup was announced, it was, uh, it was very well documented that it was probably one of the slowest starting 11s uh, ever in, in, ever in, in in footballing history, let alone Premier League history. Yeah. They don't get um, very far on a bleep test, them lot. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. And and it showed because you know we were, we were quite clearly playing a counter attacking style. We were trying to catch them on the counter, but we were so slow. I mean, I know we've we've said a lot about uh, Anderson's work rate on this show over the last sort of few months but we could have done with his pace <laughs> mm. at the weekend and uh, particularly and Antonio as well you know just having sort of two players like that two players that injects a lot of pace into our side you know we could have done with those players in that game because you know Everton weren't great they were there for the taking you know they're still trying to get into, uh, you know get used to life under Carlo Ancelotti um, but I think on the face of it it was a fair result um, but the, the frustrating thing is we've gone ahead again mm. and we've not mm. won. I put, I've got no running order. It's 12 points um, from winning positions we've lost. Is that, that was actually last season. I did my research a little bit wrong. So this time last season, we'd lost, we 
lost mm. 12 points from winning positions. This year, it's 17 points. It's so criminal. We're getting worse over mm. the over the course of 12, uh, uh, something else to be positive mm. about. Yeah, <laughs> I've got down there. 12 points would have put us fifth this season. 17 points puts us fourth. Four points clear of fifth. Mm. Happy I mean, days. Well, you're always going to every team drops mm. points, but I mean, even if they they halve that, I mean, 17 points, James, and this is it. Look, you know, James mentions there, Tom. You know, a fair result, a, a decent performance. Everton have obviously going for a new manager bounce under Carlo Ancelotti. That they're they're a difficult side at the minute, but it's just the not even the constant going in front and then coming back, mm. but to eat uh, to concede an equaliser three minutes after. Is this a naivety of the side, men, uh, mental fragility? What what is going on, Tom? I think it's a bit of everything that you just mentioned there. I think we have a problem seeing out games at the back end of games. We also have a problem clearly just when we go in front, we have a mentality thing when we switch off and we clearly aren't totally invested in the game in terms of concentration. We've got a lot of improving to do on that aspect as we do many others. But I think frustrating thing for that point for me was the fact that the next run of games and the next five games we have Liverpool twice, Man City away, Leicester away and then Brighton at home. So that was a huge, huge game for us. And to go in front of that game just before half-time, you get through professionalism, you get through, mm. don't mm. concede, particularly from a set piece. It's very, very poor goal to concede from a defensive standpoint. So that's what, we've been let down all season, both ends of the pitch, and it's just, they're out, who's doing worse? The defence or going forward, you don't know with West Ham at the minute, and it, that's the problem. We're struggling in both areas, big time. Yeah, struggling in both areas. Obviously, uh, uh, Randolph uh, starting, obviously just signed, starting in goal uh, for West Ham. I think it's the first time that West Ham have, have played four keepers in the season, or the first time in, in a long time that mm-hmm. four keepers have represented the Hammers in the season. He's back. Roberto, affectionately known on this show as Butterfingers, he's been shipped out on loan. I know it's not making a difference, but there's no... <sighs> There's no stability there, you know. When you, when we are constantly changing the size, James, this has got to play a part. What why is it that we just can't put our finger on why the results have been this way so far? Well, I mean, I, I said a couple of months ago that it, it was always really, really worrying that our season fell apart at the moment a goalkeeper got injured. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he's you know he's a class goalkeeper. You know, everyone knows that. But for you can't allow your season just to fall apart the way that we've allowed ours to, just because the keeper's injured. Um, he came back for what three games on his first game back he gave away a penalty but then saved it <laughs> of course he did um, so he redeemed himself there but you know the, the, I think that perhaps at the Sheffield United game we probably would have got a point had Fabianski not got injured sure, yeah. at the beginning of that one um, I'm not going to blame David Martin for that because he's had to come in with, you know cold um, but yeah, it has messed with us. And a little bit nervous, as you said. Uh, yeah, he was he was very nervous, trembling. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, was, he, did, he didn't know what to do with himself. But it, it has messed with our stability because you know a, a lot of teams you know build from the back, and you know it's no secret that if you if you've got a good keeper between the sticks, then the defence feels more relaxed. Mm-hmm. James, can I ask a bit of a, a bit of a daft question, silly question? Obviously, when we started the show pre-season, we're talking about saying, this is West Ham's year, you know, feeling so strong about the squad, Pellegrini and whatever yeah. and so on. And then you just said, oh, it's just falling apart this year. Has it fallen apart or were we wrong? Were we so wrong and just gone, maybe we weren't where we were, we wasn't as good as we were, or or, or is it a little mix of the two, just, just I, genuinely? I, I think it has fallen apart because, you know, it's very clear if you look at the form book, uh, and you look at the game that Fabianski first got injured in that Bournemouth game, mm. uh, straight after we beat Man United at home and everyone was buzzing, you know, and 
Will and I were on this on this show, you know, going about how we going to finish. Lyrical. You know, we're waxing lyrical. <laughs> this is the West Ham way. Here it is. Like, yeah. Big team mentality. To be fair, it was everyone, though, everyone yeah. was sort yeah. of getting carried away. It weren't just yeah. you two. Yeah, and and then suddenly he gets injured, and then we don't win mm. in months. And then um, David Marty comes in. We nick a nick a result, Stamford Bridge. Uh, we win at Southampton, but it, it took us two months to get to that point, and it was all stop and start, stop start. He comes back, then he then he's out again. Um, so. I, yeah, I think it did fall apart, and, it, and it's just ruined the whole you know, mm. consistency that perhaps we were beginning to build before that injury. I agree, and I think the as much as it's fallen apart, I think what we were talking about just now as well before show me and James, there is an obvious lack of one. All we need is a not all we need. We need plenty of things, but a central midfielder with energy who can get up and down the pitch and give more license to Rice and Noble to dictate the game and give Noble more license to go forward. Just to help out that midfield, help out Anderson not making him run backwards the whole time because you've got a midfielder who's doing his work. We've lacked that. And from from the squad, I think we've still got some really, really good players in there who we get into a lot of Premier League size. And I think we've got Haller, Anderson. I think they're, they're very, very good players. Lanzini on his day is a good player. Obviously, Declan Rice. We've got a team in there. We do really have a team in there. Mm. We're just missing key components. And the Premier League team nowadays, if you don't have the energy and you don't have the ability to get up and down the pitch, you're going to get found out, particularly away from home. And I think that's where we're struggling at the minute. Well, absolutely. And the game wasn't the only big thing happening on Saturday. There was a protest. I know, James, uh, the protest went by without any incident. Uh, you know, it was, it, it was a peaceful protest. Many fans obviously attending one. Still not happy with, uh, with uh, Golden Sullivan Rain. I know, James, you put out a tweet. I very much enjoyed. Uh, hashtag seduce me in four words. And it, uh, Sullivan and Gold sell West Ham. <laughs> Sorry, which I, which top I, uh, yeah, top draw. Really liked it. But still not happy. We spoke about Karen Brady's interview last week week and I know the fans feel about the ball they've even now admitted after this process they've made mistakes but you must trust we realise that and we've rectified it going forward but but what, what is the state of play with the protest and everything with the ball in your eyes James? Well I mean I, I didn't want to give too much airtime to to the board tonight you know it was well documented it was 10 years since they bought the club mm. last weekend and you know we could have quite happily spoken about you know what's happened in the last 10 years but I don't really want to do that but I think that the protests were were it was they were right to to protest. I'm quite glad that it went with mm. went, went without any sort of serious incident. I was worried about that mm. um, because you know after the protest, well the the protests that happened two years ago, the Burnley game, well documented. I was a little bit worried that a similar thing might happen. Um, so it's really really good, and the board have got lots to answer for. We spoke about it last week, yeah. and that something needs to change. Um, you can't just keep coasting. You can't. You know, it's quite clear that there's. A, we were talking before. Mm. There's a, there's an element of arrogance behind the scenes that they just expect us to stay in the Premier League mm. and they're going to keep pocketing that TV money and then keep spinning it that you know they're spending a load of money on the club when, when quite frankly they're not. Um, and the money league shows that we spoke about that last week. 18th richest club in the world. Crazy. And we've never played in the Champions League. I mean, there's something wrong there. Um, and we've got uh, a train training facilities that League Two clubs would be upset about. Um, so and a scouting network that isn't even a network; it's just one geezer on his own, one man <laughs> and his dog, uh, and then just a load of agents fleecing David Sullivan. So it, it, it's frustrating, and mm. you know, I think we, we need more protests. We need more protests mm. inside the ground, outside the ground, peaceful protests. 
Uh, but we need to get these these owners out and we need to get new owners in because otherwise this football club's not going to go forward. Yeah, but, Tom, I know you mm. was at the, the protest on Saturday. You spoke about it before. Mm. And, and for you, what, what did you make of it? Uh, I mean, all, all in all, I think that in general, the protests are exactly spot on, exactly right. And I think what annoyed all of us West Ham fans is our owners haven't come out of the woodwork for a year, but the minute they hear whispers of a protest coming where it's going to be negative press towards them from mainstream media, they come out and they do three interviews separately from three to three different big mainstream media outlets and they PR come out. savvy. Yeah, exactly. And they come out and they try and spin and give a little positive... <laughs> savvy is... Yeah. Pu- is- Pushing it, pushing it, and they basically <laughs> they've come out and they've tried to do they've they've tried to create a little bit of positive momentum for their own media personas and the days mm. leading up to it. And in reality, are oh, they they are pathetic. They've lied to us year in year out. They we've got nowhere since they've taken over. We've might change ground. They've changed our badge and the backlash on Twitter from other football clubs and fans. That that got to me because it who who are they to say us we can't protest? The reason we're protesting isn't because we expect Europe, isn't because we expect top four or a cup run. We're doing it because they've changed our spiritual home, changed our badge, and nothing has changed. We've not improved in a sixty thousand seat stadium and we are sixteenth in the league. We don't of course we've got a right to protest. They've moved us from everything which we did love to this and we've gone backwards and it's and, and we've got absolutely every right to continue in protest. I think the, the real kick in the teeth was uh, David Gold's interview. Mm. Um, it, it, that was a real opportunity for for, for the, the guy interviewing him to, to really press him and he didn't and then David Gold's come out with the line that the best thing he's done in the last 10 years as West, uh, owner of West Ham is move, move stadiums when it's mm. quite well documented not mm. just amongst West Ham fans but in the any any football fan in England, potentially you know, rest of Europe if they're mm. they're, they're well clued up, that that move has been an absolute disaster. So for for David Gold to come out, that's the best thing he's done. I'm not having that. Um, it was for three very very successful business people, and they are successful. Mm. You know, they they wouldn't mm. be millionaires if they weren't. Um, to be so poor at PR is baffling. I, I mean, the three of them have completely ruined the, mm. any reputation they could have salvaged amongst the fans. They could have come out and apologised and said, we're going to try and put it right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Instead, they just rub salt in the wounds to a lot of West Ham fans. And uh, I just, I can't see that relationship ever being fixed. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, they say time's a great healer. Not uh, the relationship that they currently have the board with the fans. And next we get joined by uh, ex-West Ham player Danny Gabadon for his take on everything that is surrounding the Hammers at the minute. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Tom Edwards and James Jones leading us forward. We were just speaking about that Everton game, 1-1 on the weekend. And the other big Saturday event, which was the protest, the peaceful protest. West Ham fans not happy about Sullivan and Gold and their tenure uh, as West Ham owners in the last 10 years, marking that 10-year anniversary. We're going to be talking all of those Leicester and West Brom previews in just a minute. But now, though, delighted to say Danny Gabadon joins us once again. Danny, it's always good to have you on the show. A pleasure chatting with you and getting your insight. Obviously, so much being made of West Ham at the minute, on the pitch and off the pitch. Obviously, 1-1 with Everton and the protest. But as we head into this second half of the season and David Moyes at the helm, what are you making of it overall? Uh well, typical West Ham. Uh, evening, boys, by the way, sorry. Um, evening, hello. Yeah, I, I suppose the t- typical kind of West Ham season, lots of kind of ups and downs, stuff, you know, decent performances, not so decent performances, things going on kind of off the field. Um, 
it just seems to be um, how it is really from season to season with West Ham and Emily you, you don't tend to um, to kind of have a, a quiet season where you can kind of just concentrate on everything that's that's just going on on the pitch. So, you know, frustrating. I think, you know, a lot of optimism started the season with the players that kind of came into the club. The squad kind of looked strong. Um, you know, a lot of the fans were kind of behind the manager and thinking that, you know, he could he could get a lot out of the players and, and this season would, would be a good one. But obviously that, that hasn't materialised. Um, David Moyes has come in. Um you know, I don't see West Ham kind of going down. I think he'll he'll do a decent enough job, similar to what he did last time, to to keep the club in the division. But you know, is that enough for West Ham? We we always kind of want more, don't we? So so from that point of view, up until this point, I think I think it's been a a bit of a disappointment, if I'm honest with you. Hi, Danny. Um, you just mentioned that you don't think we'll go down. Do you think? That's depending on signings. Do you think we need signings? Do you think this squad's good enough to, like, regardless of results so far, do you still think that we can be all right without signing anyone? Yeah, I think looking at the squad, I think it is good enough. I do think it is a little bit kind of unbalanced, I think, in certain areas. Um, you know, you look in the semi, I thought, you know, West Ham had to sign a midfielder, kind of a defensive kind of um, enforcer. So they didn't kind of do that. Um, you know, Jack. Jack Wilsh has obviously been injured. Um, Mark Noble, Declan Rice, they've had to play a lot of games and there hasn't really been you know, another person there to kind of replace one of them and give them a rest. So that was a um, that was poor, really, I thought, from you know whoever's idea that was, whether it was the manager or whether it was um, the hierarchy, or maybe a bit of both, I don't know. But I think the squad's good enough. I think you know, it's more about getting the players playing better, the players that are there. Um, mm. I think with David Morris coming in, I think already you've seen the team looks a bit more organised. I think there's certainly the intensity. I was at the game on the weekend against Everton. Um, I thought, particularly first half, I thought the way that West Ham kind of pressed, there was a lot more um, intent, a lot more intensity to their pressing off the ball. You know, they won the ball back a lot in midfield, uh, in higher areas of the pitch, and um, you know, built some good kind of counter attacks off that. They weren't able to maybe sustain that um, as much in the second half. But I think that kind of organisation, that that kind of running and intensity, will 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 go a long way. And then you're looking for your your individual players then to step up and perform. I think that's the only way for David Moyes. You look at obviously Manuel Lanzini, another kind of substandard performance from him. Um, Anderson wasn't there. He was injured. Um, obviously, Antonio's injured as well. You know, these are your, kind of your key players. You know, you're looking to perform. Um, if your team can be solid and defend well, then you need your individual players up front to, um, to get the goals to win you games. You look at what how he got Arnavic playing um, when no one else could really kind of get a tune out of him. And, and he was kind of the match winner for, for David Moyes in a lot of games when he was in charge in his, in his first spell at the club. So I think if West Ham are going to stay up, they're going to need the likes of Lanzini, Antonio to stay fit, um, Halle trying to get him um, more involved in the attacking play a bit more. If he can do that, then I think with the organisation he brings and, and kind of the togetherness, I think you'll you'll bring to the, the dress room and the players. I think I think they'll have more than enough to stay up. Danny, what have you made of? The, I mean, defensively, we, we've already touched on it uh, this evening yeah. that you know we, we've. Con- We've lost 17 points from winning positions. Um, that's not all down to to the defence. You know, I think a lot of that's concentration as well, and obviously the the well documented injuries injury problems in in goal. But the the, the centre half partnership 
uh, we all just assumed that Diop and Balbuena would sort of hold down that partnership mm. for a while, but Obana's come in, Diop's gone out, Balbuena's gone back in. Do you, do you, do you think that sort of that uncertainty between the sort of three or four centre-halves, sort of not knowing what the actual first-team centre-half partnership should be, do you think that's contributed a little bit to this season? Yeah, massively, massively. I think if you, if you are looking for stability within your team, then certainly, you know, the the back two or even the back four, um, you, you want them to play as much as possible. And, you know, the back four has changed all season. You can include the keeper. And obviously, Fabianski getting injured was a big blow. But, you know, you've seen Fredericks playing a few games and Zabaleta comes in. You know, you see Masuaku playing and you, you see Cresswell playing. That, as you mentioned there, the centre-back pairing, there, there hasn't really been a consistent pairing. It's changed so much. Um, and that doesn't, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of build relationships when you're chopping and changing so much. Um, so it is a big problem. Um, you can look at the attacking players and you can look to rotate and things like that. But, but certainly, you know, that kind of back four, that back five, um, you want to kind of build relationships and play together as much as possible um, to kind of get that kind of continuity going. Um, I don't think, as you say, it's all been about the back four though as well. You know, I look at the midfield at times as well and I think, you know, are they given enough protection to the back four. Um, certainly the system that Pellegrini was playing, kind of a 4-4-2 at times. Um, I thought there was too much space in midfield for the likes of Declan Rice and Mark Noble at times to cover. They were very kind of easy to play through. Um, wasn't enough intensity really with their pressing and stuff. So you know, with all those kind of things, sometimes it can be difficult to to defend if opposition players have you know plenty of time on the ball to get their head up and pick passes and stuff. And, you're a bit too expansive and you're getting done on a counter-attack every time a team get, uh, gets the ball and it's not always easy to defend. So I think, certainly under David Moyes, I think you know, you'll see a better kind of organisation. I think you'll see a hopefully a more consistent kind of back line. Um, I think you'll see probably the units playing a lot kind of closer together. There'll be much more of an understanding. I think West Ham will become a lot more difficult to beat. But as I say then, on the flip side of that then, you know, you do need then your attacking players um, coming up with the goals and, and performing, and that's probably been the, the biggest issue at the moment. Um, you know, the likes of Anderson, Lanzini, Haller, kind of getting a tune out of them really on on a consistent basis. And, and Danny, I mean, just moving on to sort of the, the things going off off field. Obviously, the fans are a little bit unhappy about sort of what's happened in in the last few years, and obviously you were at the club under uh, Golden Sullivan and. They've come under a lot of fire and a lot, a lot of stick recently after sort of what's happened in the recent interviews. I mean, do, do you see any light at the end of the tunnel under the current ownership at West Ham, or, or do, do you think it's probably time that they they moved aside and let someone else have a go? Um, I'd like to say <laughs> that there'd be light at the end of the tunnel, but I, I, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, I think they're they're a stubborn bunch. They've got their their way of doing things. They, you know, they've kind of shown that. Um, and, you know, it's been very kind of productive and, and fruitful for them. So, I, you know, why would they go anywhere? Mm. Um, I think, you know, it's going to take a lot of kind of fans' pressure, um, a lot of things to happen for them to suddenly think, you know what, we, we, we don't want to be involved in this anymore because I just think they're benefiting so much. And I, I just think that, you know, it's just disappointing because, you know, coming out with so many kind of promises for this and that and, you know, really getting the fans excited and, you know, talking the talk really, but then not kind of walking the walk. I think that's what has frustrated the 
the West Ham fans so much. So, you know, I was a little bit shocked in a way, but but not, you know, fully surprised when you know I got to the game on Saturday and kind of heard about the kind of the protest because I just think, you know, rightly so, I can understand why the fans are so frustrated because, you know, West Ham is, is a massive, massive club, you know, massive fan base and you, you want to see the team doing better and it just seems to be a repetitive thing now, season after season after season, the same thing seems to be happening um, and you don't really see the owners kind of really wanting to put their foot down and address certain problems mm-hmm. and say that this is what we need to do to, to make things better. So, unfortunately... I can't see anything changing while they're at the club. Because as I say, it's just it's just so good for them. What's going on? You know, the money that they're making, um, you know, and constantly kind of pulling the wool over the over the, the fans' eyes, really, mm. which is disappointing. Uh, Danny, we've had a tweet in this time actually from one of our very own Reese Bayliss, and uh, this is how the tweet reads: It says, uh, "Danny, Big Ginge or Anton Ferdinand is your best partner <laughs> at the Hammers." <laughs> I can't believe he's asking me that. <laughs> Put me on the spot there, he really has. Um, I'm going to be in trouble. Whoever I yeah, because you know whoever we pick, we're getting them on next week I, and we're, and we're yeah, going to play back to that. Yeah, yeah. You're going to expose me, you know. Um, look, um, I, I, if I have to pick one, it has, probably has to be Anton Ferdinand. One, because, well, the only reason really was that I played with him more. I didn't actually play with James together that much at West Ham because um, myself and Anton kind of started that season 2005-06 season and kind of hit it off did really well and, and I think James got an injury in pre-season which allowed us to play together and um, the rest was history really we, we, we gelled really well and um, you know Anton will probably say the same thing um, you know, we, we probably played our best football um, together as a pairing you know James came in here and there and played a few games and you know I, I played a lot more with him obviously at Cardiff City so but but you know, two kind of fantastic players, but I have to pick Anton just for the the, the simple kind of fact that that's who I kind of uh, played more games with, really. So, um, yeah, don't don't get either of them on, please, on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well we, we were planning to, Danny, but we've just had a text. You've pulled out, so uh, cheers to that. You'll have to be back next week. Danny, always cheers, good Danny. to get you on the show. We we'll definitely Danny. get you on later on in the season. Danny Gabbard on there, West Thank Ham legend. Just to talk about, obviously, what is going on and, and times from his own West Ham plan days as well. But there are games thick and fast coming up because it is Leicester tomorrow night in the Premier League. West Ham, one point above relegation. Massive game, but maybe the time to be facing Leicester. They're on a mini blip themselves. Then it is West Brom and Bilic's return, obviously, in the FA Cup full round on the weekend. We'll be talking to all of those. But Jake Watson, presenter and Leicester fan, is joining us next to give us his opposition view on Leicester. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joining the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Tom Edwards. We were just talking about the protests that happened on the weekend and the 1-1 draw with Evan and delighted that Danny Gabadon just joined us then for his insight. What is going on at the Hammers this season as we look towards that second half of the season? We we pushed him for a few things in the year. He did join in and have some fun. But now though, we will be turning our attentions to Leicester tomorrow night and West Brom on the weekend, the return of Billich. But it is Leicester. They are having a blip at the minute, but still flying higher this season. A man that knows more than us. It is the brilliant Jake Watson presenter and Leicester fan. Jake, always good to get you on and have a chat with you. Lots being made of this. Leicester may be in a little bit of a blip. Tired legs, uh, Brendan Rodgers calling it. But it is just a blip, isn't it, Jake? <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> um, There's it, it, a few ways of looking at it. Obviously, it has been a blip. It's seven points in, in seven games. But you need to... 
put into context as well, there was the games with, with Man City and, and Liverpool in there. Um, we were particularly poor against Southampton. We'd lost against Burnley at the weekend and we were actually quite good. I think we were actually really quite unfortunate. So look, um, points-wise, not brilliant. Um, but I don't think it's quite as bad as, as, as what has been made out. Um, and it has obviously coincided with Wilfred and Didi being out injured, which, which was, I think I think people now realise just how important and just how good he is. Jake, good to speak to you, mate. Um, You're right, mate. I mean, you, seven points in seven games, so you must be quite delighted that it's West Ham up next, right? <laughs> no, not really. Um, don't get me wrong; that there are harder games to have. It's just it's just having a home game, because again, we've had quite a few quite a few away games. Um, so, so being at home against West Ham it is clearly not the worst fixture in the world for us. But I mean, we would be much rather be playing West Ham under under Pellegrini. You know, you know with, with David Moyes back in, I know it's perhaps not been you know. You know, a huge kind of managerial bounce, but at the same time, you're significantly better, aren't you? And you know, we we clearly need a win just to kind of boost confidence again. So, look, I, I don't think it's a by any means a foregone conclusion that Leicester will, will win this game. I think um, that the first half in particular will, will be quite nervy to see kind of where both teams are at. To be honest, Jake. So this this week, obviously, Chilwell was left out in Chowdhury for supposedly missing yeah. training. Do you think that's is that a bigger issue than being reported or is it just a minor and they'll be back in the squad and back in the thick of things this week? Well, yeah, you, well, you know how these things are. You, there's lots of rumours, aren't there, that go around Twitter as in, and, as in to why both players were dropped. I think the kind of the headlines that you take from it, you know, with, with ignoring all the rumours, is that, that basically both neither players were fined. So clearly it wasn't that bad. Um, ben Chewell needed a rest anyway. He was absolutely dire in the game against mm. Southampton. Um, and Hamza Chowdhury's kind of been in and out of the team anyway. So, and, and Brendan says they're both set to feature and, and be involved tomorrow evening. So, I think I think clearly whatever did happen during the week, by the sounds of things, I think they, they went on a night out and they were late to, to training. Um, Along with the West, the West the Ham team, <laughs> huh? Along with the West Ham team on a night out every day. <laughs> well, look, honestly, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I think in, in the game against Burnley, we could have done with Hamza Chowdhury. Um, but we're being told that Wilfred Ndidi is training and he's made a miraculous recovery and could even feature tomorrow. So if that's the case, then Hamza's not even going to play anyway. Jake, what's the, I mean, g- given the recent slump, as, as we've spoken about, what's, what's the general feeling amongst Leicester fans now? Do you, you know, are you still sort of half expecting a top four finish or, you know, given the slump, are you kind of going, well, you know, if we do step out of that top four, it'd still be a great season? Um, I think it's, everyone everyone varies, don't they? For me, I'm one, I'm one of those fans that always kind of expects the worst. You know, it, it, I know I can't have a conversation about, about Leicester without mentioning the title winning season. Um, <laughs> when we won that, you know, with the last few games, I still thought somehow we'd mess it up. Do you know what I mean? So we're sat there at the moment, 11 points clear of, of fifth place. Um, and we've been, been in pretty poor form. So this is clearly our first proper blip of the season. Um, and quite fortunate, really, that, that Spurs and Manchester United are probably the, the two closest sides to us. I just, I just can't see them getting 12 points more than us between now and the end of the season. I think we can... I think quite ridiculous to say this but I think we could do kind of mid-table form between now until the end of the season because we've got that gap I think there's a very good chance we'll still find ourselves in the, in the top four which is, is quite ridiculous um, so yeah look, I'm desperate for top four I, I am so, so I'm nervous about that so I'm not trying to count my, count my chickens but I think we're really quite fortunate that, that fifth and sixth Spurs and United without Rashford and without Kane I, I just can't see them getting 12 more points than us 
Yeah, 11 points is the gap. Obviously, Leicester flying this season. No one really predicted this at the start of the season, Jake. But they beat West Ham, uh, obviously, on Boxing Day. That was uh, the game which resulted in Pellegrini getting fired. And that was almost Leicester's second string side there. What are you predicting tomorrow night? What result-wise? Yeah. (sighs) Honestly, I'm genuinely really nervous because it's going to be that first half. I'm just hoping that the the, the kids, because they're a young team, go out there are confident and, and get an early goal you know Jamie Vardy needs one it's been a couple of games now and I hope Wilfred Ndidi plays if Ndidi plays then I think we'll win the game um, but we'll probably make it hard work for ourselves and I'll probably go stick my neck on the line on, on a 2-1 win Ooh, 2-1 I thought he was going to go for a point and you would have made more friends Jake. Friend, <laughs> friend of the show Jake Watson <laughs> And, uh, I can't. I can't come here and not. <laughs> I mean, and you wouldn't do the same, would you? <laughs> uh, Jake, we expected nothing less. Always good to have you on, Jake Watson, there, presenter and Leicester fan. Really good to hear Jake once more. Nosy stuff, not just about Leicester, but football in general. He was saying two-one there, obviously, but he, he was predicting a tricky game. I thought he was maybe going to give some points to West Ham there. But what are you two making of the contest tomorrow night, which is a massive one? I've already got it in my head that we've lost. Yeah. Oh, um, James, James, James. Oh, mate, you know me by now. You know, know West Ham yeah. by but now. You know what it, yeah, so but you know what it is? Yeah. Every week, I, I, I delude myself. Not by West Ham, but James, I think he's going to turn this week. James, I just need nah. something. Give me something nah, to I've, go I've, on. I've already got Where's it, the dream, James? I've already got it in me, if, that, we've, that we're going to lose. We're, it's nothing, the hope that kills you. It is, it is. <laughs> and nothing, nothing in the Everton game really... So, there was no inkling that, hang on, we're playing well enough here then to go to Leicester City who, okay, they've had a blip over the last sort of seven games, whatever it is, uh, but they've had a great season, an incredible season under mm. Brendan Rodgers, and we're going to go there and, and, and get something. A point would be like a win for me. It'd be a great point. Um, it'd be a great point. Um, but I just I just don't see us getting anything out of it, but I'll go for a one-all draw anyway. Hey, that's a surprise, but a point would be a good one, Tom. You're going along with that. I'm going to join him in putting the doom and lo- in lo- doom and gloom in the room because I I can't see it. We don't have Anderson. We don't have anyone who can hurt him going forward. Antonio might be playing, so he could hit him on the counter. But they're going to have the ball. They need a win, like like Jake's just said. Then they're under pressure to to assert themselves as a top four club. So they need mm. they need points. We need points. But at the end of the day, I don't think we have the tools to really hurt them. And away from home at the King Power on a Wednesday night tough place to go I can't I can't see anything but a Leicester win if I'm looking at it from how I should be Oh dear! I mean, it's meant to be. We started the show forever blowing bubbles. You know, the bubbles so I, burst. I, I never it's go for West Ham. <laughs> I, as, as negative as I always am, mm. I'll never go for West Ham defeat. That's why I keep going for one all draws. Yeah. Or, or you, you like a 2-2, don't you? You do uh, like a bit of a 2-2 score. The, the, odd, the, odd, the odd Desmond. Desmond. Yeah, the I know, Desmond. know you well, James. Well, let's turn our team. There are two games for us to look at, and I want to talk about uh, the game on the weekend because this is a massive one, and I feel like this game would be even bigger if West Ham maybe weren't struggling because, you know, always a team that loves the FA Cup, want to, want to do well in the Cups, go far in the Cups. We know what happened earlier on in the season in the League Cup. Massive game and obviously mm. added spice with uh, the return of Bilic going well at West Brom first time managing in the championship for him. This is another big, big game and I don't we don't know what team we'll see at, but what are you expecting, Tom? I mean, for me, FA Cup, ever since I've been a fan of West Ham, has been the thing for me. It's been, mm. I, I'd rather do well in the FA Cup than I would in the league. And to be honest with you, if we go out and put our full team out, it's FA Cup is what we should be taking seriously. I know... If I could say progress against West Brom or three points tomorrow night, what would oh, you take? Oh, I, I take... What, so the, the other spin we lose to West Brom, I take winning in the Cup every day. I don't... To be honest, I love the Premier League's Premier League. It's great. We haven't achieved anything in it for years. 
FA Cup is our chance to go out. We're still in the hat. We've still got a chance of actually having a special day for the supporters. I'm not saying we will. Uh, chances are we definitely won't the way we're playing at the minute. But if we're in a cup, it's great. There's nothing better than being in cup football and going far and deep into a cup. And for me, West Ham haven't put the importance they should have in the last 20 years on the FA Cup that it's deserved. And if we go out there, play a proper team and actually try and make something the FA Cup, that's why you become a football mm-hmm. fan because you want to see special moments with your mates at a place like Wembley and FA Cup's going to do it for us we're not going to do anything in the league this year yeah and it's the return of Billich James have you been keeping much of an eye on West Brom this season and how do you feel about uh, seeing uh, him back yeah I mean I can't wait to see his little face I, I love the man <laughs> he's great um, <laughs> passion I, I, merchant and, and Julian Dix as well look forward to working yeah. him back as well but yeah I, I have kept one eye on him because you know, I, I, I want to see him do well in management and you know, it's great to see him back in England and obviously we've got Dean Garner on loan he's mm. injured at the moment um, but we've got Dean Garner who's been who's been doing really really well before his injury at West Brom so I think most West Ham fans have had a have had a close eye on West Brom and obviously they haven't won in six in the league mm. which almost guaranteed lost last night to Stoke lost last home. night to Stoke mm. um, and it, uh, which means they're almost guaranteed a win on uh, Saturday yeah. well do you know what I don't know because obviously I actually was at their third round tie against Cholton and they completely changed their lineup. They their bread and butter as, as you were saying mm. earlier is getting back to the Premier League they may not put out their starters on the weekend so I don't know obviously West Ham will change with Leicester but they, you might not be playing a full a full strength West Brom it's, it's true but then on the flip side is that you know Billich is going to want to come back to West Ham and, and, and you know put up a fight mm. and, and, get, yeah. and get a win changes you know, for him the way he left the football club you know it wasn't it wasn't great we were in poor form we were in a relegation battle and after that incredible season that he gave us that last year at Upton Park and every West Ham fan will, will forever remember that you know fondly mm. uh, and obviously always hold him in the highest regard as a result but He's going to want to come back and, and, and get one over his former employers. Um, and, you know, whether that then is playing in his mind, does he, you know, risk a few first-teamers? Team, mm. mm. uh, I don't know. But you're right. They, they do need to get their league form back up and running. Because well, maybe that's the way to do it. They play their first-teamers. They get the win in the cup, galvanises the side, and there's the spark then, that gets them run back away with the title. Many, yeah, yeah. many, many stories. Obviously, a great chance, though, to progress to, to the next round. Are, are you both predicting that? Oh yeah, I mean you. We have to. We're at home again. We are the Premier League team. We've got more than enough to beat them. We've got. We've got simple. If we lose that, then we. It will be. I think the problems will will be really louder. To be honest, it'll I think the protests they'll bubble yeah. over and there'll be some serious, serious issues. If we lose that at home and we lose on Wednesday night, and then we've got a run of, like I say, we have got the top three within the next five games. So it's going to be. If we lose that, there's going to be serious problems for the owners to deal with. And could you say that it could bu- bubble over? Just on those protests quickly, James, I, I worry. Maybe I'm too much of a cynic, but when we have these protests and that, I always think, how much will this do? Like, what, what will this do really? How much will it change? Because they don't care, little, little old us. They don't care about the fans. We can do a protest and they'll put out a little PR statement and they'll talk to whoever through the correct channels and then it will just be brushed under the carpet. And we're, we're always, maybe I am the cynic, but we're always overlooked. What will it change truly, James? It's very difficult to say. Mm. Uh, I, I get your point, you know, and I, I have had that train of thought as well. It's mm. like, well, is it worth protesting again? All, all it did last time was, you know, get them getting... I'm not saying don't do it, but I just feel, yeah. feel like we don't win. Yeah, I mean, football fans, you know, they've already lost. Yeah. Mm. doesn't matter what club you support, you've, you've already lost because yeah. you know, it's your money going into their pockets. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're winning or losing. At the end yeah. of the day, you're, you're short of money every weekend. Um, so 
we're already fighting a losing battle. Mm. I, th- I think what fans want is, is actual change. Whether that is them selling the football club or whether that that is them actually changing something in the way that they're running this football club. Mm. Um, I, I know ninety ninety nine percent of the fans would rather them just sell up. Um, and you know we're led to believe that there are certain stipulations within uh, the stadium that prevents them from doing that without them having to give a large chunk back to the government mm. before yeah. a certain time. Maybe they're waiting for that for that deadline, and then they can just go lovely. It's up for sale. We don't know, um, but I think the fans have got to make themselves heard, not just to the owners but to the country, and just mm. go look. You know, this is not on the way they're running this football club, and the way they're treating the fans, and hopefully it works. To be honest, I, I agree, and that's that's it. You can't. Fine, the first one might not do anything and they'll keep going about their business, but the more you do it, the bigger numbers. Like James just said there, my brother had the same thing. A lot of the mates I go with West Ham say, oh, what is us going to this going to do? If you change that mentality around and get everyone who actually would want to be there and feel like it would make a difference, you'd have huge numbers there. And if, if you're getting 10, 8,000 people before a West Ham game protest against the board, that's going to make a serious difference to people's opinions and people are going to start talking about it. And the only way you can do it is by constantly doing it and making a point of it because what they are doing to our club is nothing short of disgraceful and they do mm. need either ousting or they need to sell or they need to change their mentality quickly and all we can do is protest. Yeah, 100% strong words by Tom and James talking about the protest, the results and the games to come. But now though, it is time for the Rogue Players West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joining the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Tom Edwards. What a show we've had for you. We've been joined by Danny Gabadon, talked about the Everton game, the protests on the weekend, the cup game. Billich is back, West Brom, and then obviously Leicester tomorrow night. But none of that matters because what that truly matters, it is time for the Rogue Players, the West Ham Mystery Players quiz. No Will Pugh, he's bottled it once more after James Jones just keeps winning, running away with it, upsteks the next competitor. It is Tom Edwards. You know the drill. Three mystery players, five clues. The clues get easier as they go on. Fingers on the buzzers. Attention at the ready. Let's do it. Player number one. James, don't look at my sheet. I'm not reading it off my laptop this time. So I have to make sure they're not looking. I'm nearly just slipped. Unless you've written it on the back of your... Yeah, no, I haven't written it. Player number one. Clue number one. Finished their career at South End in 1998. Clue number two. Played for QPR in the 1986 League Cup final. Clue number three. Played twice for England under 21s. Clue number four. Appeared over 200 times for West Ham. Wow. Clue number five. Has famous footballing cousins. I just want to say as well. That is correct. Martin, Martin Allen, Allen oh. is correct. Les Ferdinand is obviously incorrect. Tom Edwards has taken the lead. James only can do it against I can look him in the eye tomorrow when he's in. Unbelievable. So. But let me tell you, if you are playing along at home, please tweet us your answers. You may get it before the guys. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Call us 0208 70 20 508. The first one, unbelievably, was our very own, Love Sport's very own, Martin Allen. Tom, well played. James, there is still two players left. As you know, you can make a comeback. This is player two. Clue number one, began their career at Luton Town. Clue number two, played 145 times for West Ham. Clue number three, injured on debut. <laughs> that could be anyone. Could be anyone. <laughs> I, knew, yeah. I knew it was coming, knew it was coming. Clue number four, 
Last person to wear the number six for West Ham. Matthew Upson. That oh, is correct. Yeah. And the scores are now tied. Obviously, the purpose of dramatics, of course it is. It's 1-1. It is all down to the last player and the last set of clues. This is the tricky one, I feel. Player <laughs> number three, clue number one. Made four appearances in three years for West Ham. Not got it? Could be <laughs> Clue number two has been loaned out to teams on seven different occasions. Do you say cup be, has been or was? Has been. I'm just reading the clues. Has been. Okay. Debut for West Ham was against Derby in 2011. Clue number four wore shirt number 46. <laughs> oh my god. Clue number what have you done? Clue number five. Currently at Oxford United. Oh, oh Rob Hall. And that is it's correct. Such a yes. shout. And that is it's two such one. A shout. And that Fair you play. played him earlier in the Needed season. It. Unbelievably, Tom Edwards, who was only born in two thousand and seven or whatever <laughs> it was, has won this quiz. Just, just, I literally, I was about to say Rob Hall. Yeah, so yeah, fair shout. Good, one, yeah, good shout. James, you just don't turn up when it's it's, it's uh, yeah, not t- the biggest fish for you. No yeah, offense, Tom. Thing is, we're, we're not playing. We're not fish. You are a big fish. We're not playing for for pints. Whereas me and Will are playing for pints. Yeah, for pints, for pints. That's the most important. Pints mean prizes. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And and there's no pride here for you in this one, is there? Nah, nah, I'll let, I'll let Tom have his moment. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, uh, Tom did have his moment. Yeah. Someone else who having their moment. There are many games in the Premier League tonight and Southampton are playing Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Well, we know Saints, they're obviously on a run, a new manager bounce. They are 1-0 up. Uh, Nathan Redmond getting the goal there in the 22nd minute. Saints continuing that bounce. We talk about teams in and around you then, just as we quickly talk. Obviously, Saints feeling that upturn in form. What will kickstart West Ham's upturn in form now that we do look at this next run of fixtures? You mentioned it. Some tough tyres coming up. Some James is laughing already. <laughs> some, yeah. Move some, on. Some new players. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't even really spoke about that. January transfer winner. Can we expect anything? Because David Moyes actually held his conference today ahead of tomorrow's game. And he said, we're working on a few deals. Classic football manager speak. Mm. Working on a few deals behind the scenes. We'll see which ones we then, get over the line. And then he said, good chance we won't sign anyone. So as us, you know us, we'll probably take that as we won't sign anyone. So I don't think, I, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't sign one. I don't know, I'd be shocked. I mean, they they can't afford not to sign anyone. No. As we've said, the fans want something to happen. Mm. They want, you know, the owners and something uh, to actually start changing things. If you don't go out and sign a player in January when we're desperate for players, then it's another reason for things to bubble over. Um, You know, we have been linked with a lot of midfielders, and Zonzi being one of them. Mm. Um, Kessie's being, being, keeps being linked Mm. with us. Paint's being offered on loan. Take him. He's only twenty three. I take him. Joe Allen keep uh, does it. That jo- rim Joe Allen go just away. won't go away. But go away. Yeah, please. Please go away. But you know, um, but we need a right back. Um, you know, we need definitely an essential midfielder. Probably need another striker just to you know, yeah, help a Yeti. Mm. Best um, thing he did was to share that goal with, with Heller. Yeah, because Yeti's not doing it. Uh, although he did look quite sharp when he yeah. got come off the bench against Everton for two and a half seconds, and he booted someone in the face. He elbowed them, didn't he? Yeah, headbutted. Sorry. He, yeah, we need we need something just with an energy, at least a life. Someone to like we said this months and months ago. Just what? competition for places for our, our best Haller. 
can turf up to training and probably play with his weaker foot and still get in the team every week because we have no one to threaten him. Don't get me wrong, I think Hallis is a good player. I think it will come good eventually, but he's, there's no competition for places in that squad in certain positions. It's because they're all injured, though. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. West Ham only get one deal over the line, we give you one deal, which position do you think it will be at and which one do you want it at? Midfield. Midfield, me, yeah. all day long. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That could be the change. That's got to be the second priority. It's got to be the priority, yeah. mm. and it's got to be. Which not... means West Ham probably going to sign a left back. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or another goalkeeper. We're going quite <laughs> yeah. good at that at the moment. Longest medical in in footballing history. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what midfielder it is, as no. long as it's not Joe Allen. I just don't yeah. think Joe Allen's the player that we need. Whether you think he's a good player or not, I don't think he's the midfielder no. that we need. I don't think he's he's the right player. He's very similar to what we have in terms of he's a good pass of the ball, and he's not that mobile. He's at back end of his career, can't get around the pitch. What we need is a young, energetic midfielder who can get up and down the pitch and give license to our forward yeah. players and help the defence out it's just what happens when you've only got one scout though yeah um, and it's Will Pugh that that's where me. Will Pugh is now yeah, yeah. he's there tonight yeah. yeah scouting Joe Allen and yet he played yesterday so we'll sort of <laughs> got that wrong as well unbelievable <laughs> stuff well this has been the West Ham Fan Show as it is every Tuesday 7 to 8 remember this is We Are West Ham Tom Edwards and James Jones but you can join us on the show easy simple tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 massive two games for the Hammers next West Brom in the Cup on the weekend Leicester City tomorrow and we will be back next week to tell you all about it who knows more protests but hopefully more signings we'll see you next week thanks for downloading this podcast from love sport radio for more go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts news and views or for more follow us at love sport radio on twitter At the Bank of Antandek, they've created Stan, a smart bot that can predict the future of remortgaging. I read Stan. Will my mortgage rate go up? 1955 was the last time Newcastle won the cup. No, and try not to mumble. Playing. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh. Oh. Meanwhile, at Santander, they can't predict your future, but they'll help secure it with great mortgage rates fixed for up to 10 years. See what's possible at Santander. Early repayment charges apply. Lending subject to status and criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Sports Social Podcast Network.